<laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Ernell Pearson, one of your co-hosts tonight, alongside the inevitable one, Devin Stanford. How you doing, baby boy? Doing great, man. How's it cracking with you, man? Oh, it's cracking, bro. It's cracking. <laughs> <laughs> We're always cracking, bro. We're permanently cracking. It's tight. Dude, how was your weekend, man? It's pretty good. You know, we had a good stream on Saturday, and uh, I played a lot of Apex. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of Apex. <laughs> I think my win-loss percentage is like 60% right now in favor of winning. I played Bonkers. like 50 games already this weekend. Bonkers shit, dude. <laughs> oh my god, man. Well, now that I am done with Village, I'm going to have a lot more time to be able to play with you again mm -hmm. and uh, and actually start to get good. <laughs> if I yes. start practicing so I can actually dude, I mean, get half decent. We're all a little bad at first. You know what I mean? That's just how it goes. Yeah. But yeah. The gameplay is so fluid in that game. It's it's fun. It's just fun. Even if you're doing bad, if you're like, especially with arenas mode, it's still just fun. It's just fun. Know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's why yeah. I enjoy doing it. I mean, it's it's it took me the better part of like a year to start getting like decent at Rainbow Six Siege. So mm. that's I'm assuming it's gonna be a little bit before I'm like really like able to hold my own on Apex Legends. But we'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. I really yeah. love the new arena mode. Now you got your shot on Saturday. How have yeah. you felt since then? I mean, I've been a little loopy and stuff, just a little bit. I mean, everybody has different reactions, but you know what? I feel a lot more confident, and I feel like there's progress being made now so that I can go be a person in the world again. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. You can go You can go yeah. bathe in a sewer and and uh, and lick the, the bottom of somebody's shoes you know you can you can Weird, you use know the bathroom and not wash your hands if you want to that's the way you call works, me right? call me a wussy right but i just want to hug my friends again i know <laughs> no seriously dude, I know. and i'm tired of giving like elbow bumps to people that yeah. i know that i'm like look like i know I know, you're not, I know you're not gonna like kill like a room full of children but like i gotta do this mm. for you know to keep me <laughs> Oh See, man, that's the, that's the thing now, <laughs> Devin. Is that you can walk onto a public bus and not potentially kill somebody? That's yeah. And you know, was it the governor of our state said once seventy percent of our population gets vaccinated, they'll lift uh, all the mandates and stuff like that, so we can do normal shit. Which it's yeah. like, come on, yeah. there's a reason why there's a lot of other diseases and viruses eliminated from the world. It's because we have these things called vaccinations and everybody should take one. And it's wild because it's almost like science, you know, yeah. it's as if like science wants us to do that. Yeah. You know, it's like this crazy thing that people listen to when they get new phones or get new video game consoles. But all of a sudden, when it has to do with your health and bettering of, of humanity, yeah. it's, it's a really big deal. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah, it's, it's nuts, <laughs> dude. It's like, it's like it's like, you know, if they break their leg, they go to the doctor's office and and put on a cast for the broken leg yeah, because and, and take pain meds for the broken leg, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah, because that the, the, I mean five yeah. G, they're just five Ging it, you know. Yeah, I, I mean I'm not trying to be passive aggressive or condescending about this at all, but you know I really think people should take shots. Yeah, and get their vaccinations. Yeah, agreed. So, I mean, <laughs> vaccinated. All, all or I will passively aggressively write you a very angry, angry letter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Like, you know, like, I, I, I've, I've had it with seeing these people on Facebook saying all this bonkers shit that I'm just like, bro, yeah. just, just go, like, look, if you don't want a shot, if you're scared of shots, just say you're scared of shots. Yeah. You know, just say yeah. that. Just say that. Like, and, really- and if I see you with a fucking tattoo, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. <laughs> mm. Mm. I know. I know. Well, I guess I guess technically that's like a different thing. Like, I got tattoos all over me and I'm kind of scared of you. scared of so fucking scared of you. I hate that shit so much. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, here, here's, here's, you know, that, that big old good cracking scoop. When I was a kid, I was that weird one that put the little, little, like, Sewing needles through the one layer of your oh, skin. Remember when people used yeah, to do that? Dude. I used to do that. Dude, I, I, I saw someone post that like uh, people that did that when they were kids are now depressed. And I'm like, sure. Okay. Sure. I feel attacked, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> well, we're not talking about depression today. Today, we're talking about a big pivot from Ubisoft, the new Venom 2 in my official Resident Evil Village review and much, much more because this is the Good Kraken Podcast, a show for nerdy, marginalized people giving you the video game uh, and pop media news, reviews, discussions, uh, and topics, really, that you just want to hear every, live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, if you're watching live, you can submit questions and topics at tinyurl.com slash GK submissions to be a part of the show. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't get I can't get over the <laughs> talking about depression. <laughs> All right, guys. If you're having a good time so far, you can watch us record this show live and free by following and subscribing right here at twitch.tv forward slash good cracking show. If you have Amazon Prime and you also have Twitch Prime, we would love for you to give that to us and help us keep this content rolling out for all of you listening or watching at home. If you've emptied your pockets for the latest and greatest in entertainment, that's totally fine. You can catch all of our episodes on your podcast service of choice at 8 a.m. the following morning. But you can also support us by going to our YouTube channel and by clicking the link in the about (laughs) section of our Twitch page and clicking that beautiful bell and big red button or by subscribing to our podcast channel by searching Good Kraken! Explanation point and leaving a review there. All right, Ernell. We got some planner work going on. Uh, yeah, we do. Okay. So you get some water? I I got you. We're good. Here, let me let me take a sip of my chili real quick. Mm. <laughs> love you. Um, I love you too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, some planner work, some uh, some housekeeping here. Uh, episode fourteen of the Good Kraken Show is out now on YouTube and podcast services. Uh, we got to hang out with Astro Gaming Sarah Dope on Saturday uh, to talk a lot about toxicity in gaming, uh, the crow, and uh, experiences with uh, with gaming as a woman and her history with that. And that was a uh, a fucking lot of fun a lot of fun sarah was awesome uh talked to us about a lot of shit really that i think was super important stuff it was it was a really really deep conversation i was stoked about it so definitely go check that out um on thursday our boy devin here is going to be hosting another apex legends stream of uh of the new arena mode we're doing that for the rest of this month it is apex 
uh, Asian American Heritage Legends Month. It's going to be lit. I'm stoked. Every Thursday, we are streaming Apex Legends for all of you. And we're having you guys come play with us just like last time. If you are wanting to come in and hang out, join our Discord. You can find the link right down below in our bio. Uh, and basically, we will just have our Discord open, people hanging out, watching the show. Uh, if you have Discord and want to come play Apex, come hang out with us. It'll be a good time. Um, this Saturday, we have a regular show. But afterwards, at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will be streaming my very first playthrough of the Mass Effect franchise, uh, starting with Mass Effect 1 of the new Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming out this Thursday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, I, I already have that preloaded, by the way. I am needing to. I need to get that preloaded like stat, uh, but it's it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked on it, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> little insight for you uh one thing that they did is they when they were um remastering the game and updating it for the next generation is they went and looked at the mods that people have done for like the realistic texturing on surfaces and like even weapons and gameplay stuff and they implemented a lot of that into the game to make it better Ooh, and okay. um i was reading an interview from ign i can't remember exactly who posted it but um they were talking about how um, when they were seeing these mods and doing all their research, they're like, well, we have to do it better than how the modders did it because the modders did so good when the only limited access to the assets of the game where they have all the tools. So they were able to update it even further. So just to make it more promising to people who experience the game that uh, played it with mods who think that they don't need the game at all. Right, it is right. going to be a lot better than what you've used with mods. So I am championing that game because that is one of my favorite series of the last decade, and uh, everybody needs to play it. I am. It's super, a space opera. I am super fucking stoked to finally get to ex yeah. to experience it myself. The amount of people that have just been so disappointed in me for not having had played any of those damn games. Uh, yeah, I know. I and I and I'm disappointed <laughs> in myself too, honestly, because like I've as a story like narrative driven game type of dude, I'm I'm a little bummed out that I never jumped on it myself too. But um, you know what? I finally get a chance to, Devin. It's gonna be fucking dope. But also, Ubisoft finally gets a chance to uh turn some shit around because uh we have four stories today, and our very first one tonight is Ubisoft says it's changing strategy to focus on more high-end free-to-play games. This comes from Tom Ivan from Video Games Chronicle. Uh, I did condense it a little bit because it was a pretty long read, but I got the important shit right here. So uh, Ubisoft is shifting away from its traditional strategy of releasing three to four premium AAA titles each year but plans to launch high-end free-to-play games for all its biggest franchises. The company provided an update on its game development strategy during its full-year earnings call on Tuesday, when it said it intends to be less reliant on AAA releases as part of its overall product mix. Quote, in line with the evolution of our high-quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we are moving on from our prior comment regarding releasing three to four premium AAAs per year. Uh, said Ubisoft's chief financial officer, Frederick Dugan. It is indeed no longer a proper 
indication of our value creation dynamics. For example, our expectations for Just Dance and Riders of Public are consistent with some of the industry's AAA performers. Additionally, we are building high-end free-to-play games to be trending towards AAA ambitions over the long term, he added. Uh, this is purely financial communication evolution and doesn't change the fact that we continue to expect a high cadence of content delivery, including powerful premium and free-to-play new releases. Um, again, I condense this uh, for you guys at home. Go check out and uh, check out the article to, to read some more on it. Uh, Tom goes on to talk about their plans with the Division Heartland, which I'm super stoked for. Uh, They're learning from hyperscapes, like mistakes and stuff, and uh, and how Ubisoft during their investor call uh, uh, explained that there are currently no AAA games uh, scheduled for the second half of their 2022 uh, fiscal year but with that said uh devin what is this doing for you dog well that to me just um loot boxes and paywalls and pay to win scenarios that's just what it screams to me you know yeah yeah um as long as it's done right i'm okay with it like i like how apex all their loot boxes are just skins there's nothing in there oh, yeah, that, you know, yeah. gives gives yeah. you any advantage, like no certain weapon, no piece of armor, no no ability or card skill. You know, we've seen a lot of other franchises mess up with that in the past, whether it be, you know, a Madden or a FIFA game or the, the most recent the memory. Is, yeah, yeah mo most recent memory is uh, Battlefront 2. Remember how Ooh. terrible that was at launch oh. with how pay to win that was? Oh, God, as long as yeah. it's not like that. And they do it more along the lines of just like skins and, you know, just quips and stuff like that. You know, all the little things that have nothing to do with the actual gameplay element I'm okay with. Um, I know like with Destiny 2's uh, Game Pass or whatever you call it, Season Pass. Right. They give you like weapons and rare pieces of armor and stuff like that in that that you can only get through that. Which is kind of a bummer. Um kind of part of the reason why I stopped playing that game, but we can talk about that another time. But for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, I'd be interested to see what they're going to do with uh, the Assassin's Creed fan franchise. Like, are they, you think they're going to still continue it with the RPG single player story mode open world because they've I, been killing it with the last few games, honestly. I so. think, I think that them making this decision, this decision is so that they mm -hmm. can continue to capitalize on that. Cause I think they're uh -huh. starting to realize that that a lot of the fan base now for assassin's creed are very much here because they enjoy the rpg aspect of what assassin's mm -hmm. creed has turned into and the only way they can make that one cost effective two optimized for consumer and three optimized for business um is to look at it from an aspect of releasing it less frequently but making it better with that extra yeah. time so one of the things that they talk about in the article that i didn't put in here was uh was there he, he mentions briefly that they're wanting to focus on expanding um assassin's creed uh this this most recent one i don't know why i can't think of the fucking name um, <clears throat> um valhalla Yes, Valhalla, uh, Assassin's mm -hmm. Creed Valhalla, expanding it more with DLCs going forward. And so it's it's cool to see them trying to make this maneuver. But my worry is in the same boat as you, where it's like. I saw I played Hyperscape. I don't know if you did or not. I did not. OK, so it, it was not very good. 
not very good. It wasn't bad by any means or, or anything like that, but it was very much just trying to be another Apex Legends, and you could feel it. You could feel yeah. it. Um, and, and because of such, like, they thankfully didn't do a whole, like, a whole bunch of paywall stuff. It really was just an authentic free-to-play, and if you wanted some vanity shit, you could pay a little extra for some vanity stuff. And so that that I was, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about. But my issue is that, like, if they're going to be moving into free-to-play games, free-to-play games are built and made to be a specific way. And with my experience in Hyperscape, I don't feel like they nailed it. But I do think that us seeing uh, the Division Heartland is going to kind of more so dictate what their free-to-play style is going to look like going forward. I guess really I can't really say too much as like what I think they will be doing, but what I do know is that really just them making this decision is going to capitalize on when they do have their big AAA titles come out. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't really know much about Division Heartland personally. Um, can they, you, you kind of run me on it a little bit? Yeah, so they, they haven't actually talked a lot about what it's going to be. They just dropped the announcement, I believe, was on Friday. Um, okay. And essentially, it is going to be a free-to-play uh, The Division spinoff, where it's based in the same universe, same story and everything. It's just a different part of the world and a different thing. Um However, they did not express what the gameplay was going to be like. So I don't mm. know if it's just going to be free to play the Division 2 or if they're going to be doing a like Division Tactics or something like that. You know what I mean? And so that's yeah. stressing me the fuck out as someone who loves the Division. Uh, I'm stressed the hell out about what that could potentially be. Yeah, it sounds like it could go either way. I remember when, do you remember the concept of The Division was kind of like that? Where it was almost kind of like that XCOM style, but still with that third person movement where you yeah. had squad mates that you could tell what to do. Yes. You yes. know? Um, it'd be cool if they kept the gameplay the same as the games they released, but implemented those squad tactics. Uh, that would be yeah. really cool. Yeah. You know? Um, like maybe if you get a drone that you can, that everybody gets a drone that they can control, you know, that'd yeah, be cool. like in, in my head, I imagine like a combination of like what the division two's like, like PVP is like mm. mixed with like rainbow six siege. Yeah. And you know, it is a Tom Clancy IP too. So they have mm. to do it justice and you know, uh, Siege has been doing great, although it is a completely different style of gameplay. Of course, I mean, of Siege course. has been doing really good. Um, you know, I'm surprised they're not just taking Ghost Recon and making that their free-to-play IP, because they already put that in an open-world environment, you know? Um, yeah, I think... With Wildlands and, and uh, was Breakpoint, right? Yeah, Breakpoint's the last one. I've, I've dabbled in that game a little bit, and it does have a lot of upgrading and stuff like that, and a huge open map, and I mean, as someone who plays games like DayZ and Rust and stuff like that, although those are survival games, they could easily make a games-as-a-service Ghost Recon survival game. They could they easily could. do yeah. that, you know? I, I, um, I think maybe that I... Uh that the division two is doing way more way better than the last mm -hmm. ghost recon 
couple of titles have done. Oh, yeah. And so I think really yeah. that's kind of the only reason they have it. I mean, like if Ghost Recon was was a killer the way that the division is, I'm sure they would have committed that mm-hmm. direction, you know. But uh, I actually didn't play Breakpoint because I heard a lot of people say there just wasn't very good. Um, did you like it? Um, I played Wildlands, didn't play Breakpoint okay. as okay. well. But my brother played Breakpoint all the way through, and he said it was pretty good. Okay. So, okay, take that with a grain of salt, you know, because everybody's got their own opinions. But for sure, I mean, I feel like the general consensus of that game is it was okay. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> it should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah, I mean, like watch. Uh... Ubisoft has a lot of different things that they can do from this direction. I mean, like we have we have the the division movie that's that's coming out on Netflix mm-hmm. uh, some some point in the near somewhat near future, I guess you could say um, within the year, probably. Yeah, probably within the year. They got the they got the game coming out. Uh, they're talking about doing a, a division book division novel mm-hmm. uh, soon enough. They're going to start coming out with division ice cream and division porn and uh and and division uh outfits for halloween um yeah D- division merchandise that isn't just t-shirts you can have division stop thinking about this like a sony ip okay <laughs> <laughs> division hybrids you're gonna start getting like toyota priuses with the division symbol on it it's gonna be great I'm pretty sure that's already out there. Someone probably slaps a sticker on a piece. Let's be real. Yeah, I'm so stoked, dude. I'm so stoked. Devin, before I ramble on any more about division pornography, uh, do you want to take the next story? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So we got a special little treat, actually, from Sony Motion Pictures. Mm, Um, Yes, we do. Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage trailer introduces Woody Harrelson's character. And this comes from Eddie McCooch. At GameStop. The first trailer for Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, has arrived, and it focuses mainly on a new villain, Cletus Cassidy, aka Carnage, who is played by Woody Harrelson. We also see more of Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock slash Venom, and he's still struggling with his new powers. <clears throat> Set to the song One is the Loneliest Number, the trailer shows Carnage writing a letter to Eddie from his holding cell. He says the two are more similar than people might believe. In one fateful scene, Carnage is being given a dose of something when all hell breaks loose and he is set free. A lot of action and chaos ensues, and you can watch the new trailer right below us right now. In addition to Hardy and, and Harrelson, Let There Be Carnage brings back Michelle Williams as Eddie Brock's girlfriend, while Naomi Harris joins the cast as Shriek. She is briefly seen in a new trailer, too. The cast also includes Reed Scott and Stephen Graham. Let There Be Carnage hits theaters September 24th. It's directed by Andy Serkis, who played Golem in Lord of the Rings series before becoming a director. 2018's Venom was not a critical darling, but it made more than $850 million worldwide to finish as the seventh highest grossing movie of the year. It made more than a hundred million more than other popular films that year, like Deadpool Two, and Ant Man and the Wasp. Yo, yo, I'm I excited. Am, like <laughs> hype, but also worried because this trailer is just not very good. <laughs> yeah, the whole concept of it is tight, but if there's anything we've learned from recent trailers, 
it's they're really not showing a whole lot anymore it's like they've studios have finally started taking a listen to people about showing too much in the trailer as yeah. we kind of learned with resident evil but carnage looks good um i have no idea where they're gonna go with the story on this one i don't know about you I, what so, do you think so i'm a little i'm a little worried because of a couple of things okay so one, there's a good chance that they might be aiming a little high because I don't know if you noticed a couple of things in this trailer, but we have Venom, we have Carnage, the woman in the glass case who is yelling is supposed to be Shriek, who is another yeah. symbiote. And then another thing that they don't really make it obvious is that cop that Venom's like creeping up behind. Uh, if yeah. you look at the cast names, like the character names, his uh, he's Detective Mulligan. And in the comics, Mulligan is the symbiote uh, Toxin. Ah. So there's a few things that could be going on here. But one interesting thing here that I'm excited about when it comes to this movie is uh, one, uh, Woody Harrelson looks awesome. As yeah. Cassidy Clay. Like, I am super stoked about it. Yeah. I've been wanting him to play this part for so fucking long. But two, uh, there's a scene here in the trailer where Detective Mulligan, like, folds up a newspaper thing. And mm. there's some speculation that one of the pages shows a headline that says something along the lines of Avengers. Avengers blogs. Uh, like p potentially lost in nightmare, quote unquote. Um, yeah, which could hearken to what is potentially going to be happening with the Avengers when Wanda Maxima potentially gets strung along in some real bad juju after getting a hold of uh the Darkhold. And so it's like there's there's some there's some juicy shit that could be coming out of this, and I don't know. Again, just speculation. Yeah. Just speculation, but I kind of at this point want to get Tom Hardy and Tom Holland in the same fucking movie now. And uh Yeah, okay. All right, tinfoil time. Tinfoil time. Devin hit us with it. What do you got? We've already been lied to a lot from the production staff of Marvel IPs because you know they have to keep a secret, right? For sure. I mean, For we sure. we saw it. We saw, saw it with Kevin Feige. He said that nothing that happened in the shows was going to be any important plot beat for the movies. That was obviously wrong. Absolutely a lie. Absolutely, yeah. 100% yeah. a lie. It set up so <laughs> many movies between the two shows already. Such and we have, shit. what, three more shows coming this year? <laughs> mm hmm Yeah. And, what, two movies this year and, like, four more next year? So, yeah. Um, um, outside of that, like, the, I could totally see Sony pushing the button and kind of forcing Marvel to find a way to bring Venom into the MCU with the partnership with, for, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, because, mm -hmm. I mean, they already see how successful the Marvel movies are. So they want to push that and make these movies, you know be a part of that because even if an mcu movie is quote unquote bad they're never really bad they're still right. okay movies but in you know it's not not every movie is going to be winter soldier right for sure <laughs> um, for sure for sure but 
I could totally see something like that being at play here. I mean, they are in um, where uh, San Francisco, right? They're in San Francisco. Yeah, but the uh, yeah. what was it like the the Raven Court or whatever the property is called that uh, that they show in the trailer briefly is on the East Coast. It's like just south of New York. So oh. like, they could be you know expanding yeah. the Venom universe. Like it's insane. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> especially the daily bugles in it because the daily bugle is a new york based uh yep. company yep. i could totally see them trying to find a way to make this thing happen whether whether it's um mcu or not they're gonna find a way to have tom holland interact with venom whether it be a venom movie or a um spider-man movie but you know the other thing is they said is uh you know andrew garfield and toby mcguire both came out saying that they're not in the new spider-man movie which is bullshit because it's already confirmed casting you know like you can't have <laughs> alfred molita and kirsten dunce and jamie fox without having toby mcguire and these andrew garfield these motherfuckers you know exactly I, i'm just saying them. so without them saying it's in the mcu i'm gonna go out on a ten dollar bet and say it's in the mcu I I can't even bet against you. Like I I am a hundred percent with it because I think a, a thing that were that a lot of people are kind of just like looking over is uh, Morbius and how we got a vulture cameo in the end of the trailer for Morbius. Like he that is, is a true. part of the Spider Man MCU universe now, and so yep. it's like. What's to say that they're not going to try to do that with Venom? And I think the reason I'm, I'm bringing that up is because if I remember correctly, I believe Morbius was one of the uh, uh, one of the Fox properties. Yes, or Sony, Sony, but, my bad, my bad. Sony, Sony because yeah. Morbius falls in line with Spider-Man under yes. beneath the Spider-Man IP. Yes. Um. Yeah. And the other thing that I was kind of thinking about, too, is so we got the announcement of, uh, you know, um, Fantastic Four in the mm. comics Fantastic mm. Four and Spider-Man have a long history even mm. more so than in the Avengers you know yep. because yep. they're they're both in New York yep. so I I'm curious to see where this goes because I could totally see that falling in line you know I mean Fantastic Four does a lot of spacey sci-fi stuff you know Venom has interacted with the Fantastic Four as well so, I mean, I'm not saying mm-hmm. in the Fantastic Four movie, because, I mean, we, the, there ain't going to be nothing more bad than bringing Doctor Doom into the MCU. <laughs> I know they already did it two times before, but come on. We yeah, need Doctor yeah. Doom. Doctor Doom is the best villain slash anti-villain slash anti-hero ultra villain, because that's what he does in the comics, right? Oh, wow. So. Devin speaking, he said he's the best anti-villain villain. You're not wrong. I would argue for yeah. the Magneto, but that's just me. Okay, actually, I'll give you that one. Yeah, All right. I will give you Magneto because I spaced that. And you, I don't know, on, on a side note, this is just real quick, not to derail, but Michael Fassbender is Magneto. Fucking perfect. Woo! Anyways. <laughs> but, <laughs> Facts. Facts. Just like, just like, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is a perfect Iron Man, right? So it's like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But anyways, like uh, tinfoil hat again. I I hope this is involved with the MCU. Obviously, my mind is spinning in a lot of different directions mm-hmm. to see where they could go with this. But they got the Daily Bugle in there right at the end of uh, Far From Home. They introduce uh, Jonah J. J- uh, Jameson with the Daily Bugle. You know, calling out Tom Holland. 
Yeah. I I mean, what do you think, man? Do you agree? I honestly, I don't think Disney would have fought so hard to get rights to Spider-Man the way that they have been for the past like half a decade now for them to only use Spider-Man. Exactly. Like they they're in it to fucking win it every step of the way. And Disney's proven that over and over and over again with the MCU. And there's no way there's no way we're not going to get Tom Hardy and Tom Holland standing side by side against Morbius or Vulture or the Sinister Six or whoever the fuck they decide. I hope it's Sinister Six. And here's the other thing. I've been I've been reading some comics lately, too. Mm -hmm. And um, the the latest run, I forgot the exact title. It's it's like it's like the 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 black one is what it's called. And it's about them taking on the king of the symbiotes. Oh. And all this stuff. Like, that is a current comic book run that's happening right now. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if this phase is going to be slightly setting that up as a possibility. If Venom does get involved. Especially with the fact that there's a possibility of there being four symbiotes in that one movie. You know? Right. Right. It could be fucking bonkers, Devin. Yeah. Because they are already taking that stand with Venom being a hero, mm. you know, and Venom is a hero in this comic book series. So, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he goes back and forth a lot during the comic book mm-hmm. series. So um, there, there's a lot of good shit that could potentially come out of it, dude. You know? Um, yeah. Now, my thing here, too, is Devin is um, there's a lot of potential for Venom to be a part of the Spider-Man MCU universe. But do you know what is not probably possible? Hmm. Getting a PlayStation 5 within the next year, because this <laughs> is Sony says PlayStation 5 shortage could extend into 2022. This is comes from Marco Vito Auto from Collider, and I'm fucking pissed. Un- reads like this. Unfortunately... For all players who still didn't get a PlayStation 5 due to the shortage of consoles in the market, Sony doesn't expect the situation to normalize at least until 2022. (laughs) As reported by Bloomberg, uh, Sony Group Corp warned a group of analysts suggesting that they will not be able to increase sales of the PlayStation 5 through next year due to the lack of electronic components needed for its production. Ever since it hit markets in November 2020, it's been extremely hard to buy a PS5. The shortage in production led to scalpers hoarding consoles to resell them above market price, making it even harder for players to get there on PlayStation 5 at a fair price. Even so, demand for Sony's new console keeps rising, as more exclusive titles such as Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok are set to release in the next months. Hmm. Hmm. I uh, call bullshit on uh, Ragnarok, just saying. Okay, continue. (laughs) So far, the PlayStation 5 already sold 7.8 million units, with Sony predicting 14 million consoles to be sold until the end of the year. This puts the PlayStation 5 right on track to sell as much as the PS4 did in its first year. Considering the PS4 shipped more than 114 million units in the six years it was on the market, PlayStation 5 prediction is good news for Sony, even if the component shortage stops the company from trying to push for more sales. 
Sony is not the only company to suffer from component shortage, as Nintendo also expects a drop in sales for the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Switch in 2021, excuse me, uh, for the same reason. As for PC players, the demand for electronic components highly increased the prices of GPU in the last year, making it harder to players to run, making it harder for players, I think that was a typo, for players to run new games in 4K resolution. As gaming becomes more usual each year and big games need more processing power from electronic components, demand for new consoles and computers should increase. The bad news is that if big companies like Sony don't expect to be able to meet the demand, this is a hobby that can keep getting more expensive. No time as now to get your PlayStation 5. Uh, Devin, I'm bumming, bro. I'm bumming. You know what they need to do? They need to do what Microsoft did and just release all their first party games on PC as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they need to do. That's the the only only solution I can think of. I mean I re- I really just don't I don't see that there's like the the part that I'm like messed up about this, right? Is is that I am in a boat where I have desperately tried getting a PS5 on what I want to say is eight different occasions, okay? Eight or nine Mm -hmm. different times I've tried to get a PS5, got this close, and eventually gave up and just spent the money that I had saved for a PS5 on other things I needed to fucking pay for, okay? And I was like, you know what? It's not going to happen until it needs to fucking happen. And I'm not even a guy who's like a fate kind of fucking do but you know what it'll happen when it's supposed to fucking happen i'm bummed out because we have to do this weird playstation 5 online shopping queue bullshit for potentially another year and a half until next holiday season is really where i see this starting to come around and that's really only because it's next holiday season like they're probably not going to ship a bunch of units until they've gotten a bunch of units made. And that's probably not going to be until right around next October. Same thing. You want to know when that's going to happen? Remember, remember a couple of weeks ago when I said that uh, they probably weren't really going to come back in stock till they came out with a redesign that was a slimmer model and smaller. And they just announced that they were working on a redesign this last week. Hey, I told you. They said I, that it was going to be coming out in 2022. Hey, I, I told I, you. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. Look, 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 look. We, we get that. Here's the deal. I want you to get a slim. I want you to get the, the slim, the PS5 slim that you want so, so fucking bad, Devin. I want you to have that. I also just want people to be able to get a fucking PS5 if they want one. And so my thing is that if they come out with a PS5 Slim before the PS5 is fucking sorted out, they're jackasses. They are I mean, absolute jackasses. But they they already are. They they try to get companies to pay them so they they'll do crossplay with other systems and PC. I mean, they kind of already took up that moniker, you know. (laughs) Well, I mean, like like if they if they're (laughs) talking about trying to promo a PS5 Slim under the explanation that they had that they can't push PS5s because there's a chip shortage. Where's your excuse for the PS5 Slims? You know, so it's like 
they kind of talk themselves into a corner when that happens. And I know, and look, again, I want it. I want you to have a Slim. I want me to have a PS5. I just don't want Sony to just keep making fucking excuses. I don't. I don't want that to be the case. I have two scenarios that I think that this is a realistic scenario that the reason that like they'll still come out with some PS5s, but it's going to be slim and sparse, just like how it's been, you know, just like shadow drops, essentially. Mm -hmm. The reason why I think that's the case is because there has been a lot of people already talk about how they would love a redesign, including like influencers and people from games media. Yeah. Just be due to the size of it. And they, it's also had uh, they've also had some issues with their consoles, too, you know, with uh, just complete crashing wipes, you know, dead on arrival motherboards. Not like a lot, but it's happened a lot more than, you know, recent past has happened with newer consoles. So they're looking into a redesign, which this could be meaning a different chip and they could be lining that window up. You know, when said chip comes out, therefore, they will actually have more stock of said item. You know, that that's a scenario that I could see happening and why they're looking into the redesign, which might just make it a smaller, better console overall. You know what I mean? Not saying it's a bad console at all. You know, it's just it's a briefcase that looks like a Wi-Fi router. So um, I I also think that there's a good chance too that like maybe this this redesign that they're talking about isn't quite a PS5 Slim. It could be just what the Nintendo Switch did when they made a new model with a better battery, better screen, better reactivity yep. time. It could be something like that. In which case, the the issue's still there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like. Again, like I want us to have PS5s, but I also don't want them to talk themselves mm-hmm. into a corner and have a bunch of people pissed off at them. You know what I mean? Like I want them yeah. to come about this in a way that's going to be smart while making them happy to make money and make us happy as consumers to have a fucking PlayStation finally. I mean, like even the Xbox Series X is damn near impossible to get these days. Yeah. And even that is still a little bit easier than the fucking PS5. I, I have a solution for all of you that want to get into next-gen gaming who uh, are ready to just jump into third-party games yeah, and also get games for free a month. Um, uh, it is called A Series S, and it is also called Game Pass. And it's only $300, and you can okay. find them used for $200 and $250. For sure. I thought, I thought you were going to say P- PC. I thought you were going to tell everybody at home to buy a fucking PC. No, I'm not, because that's going to cost you, like, damn near three three grand at this point with the pricing of everything. I would not put that on anybody. Don't put that bad juju on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're not talking about depression. <laughs> oh, today's good, man. Today is good. Um, now, Devin... For our last news story here, I want uh, want you to take this on because it's a little bit more in your uh, in your roundhouse here. So hit us with it. So the coalition is moving to next gen development with Unreal Engine 5. This comes straight from the Gears of War blog. And I quote at the coalition, we pride ourselves on delivering the best possible Gears of War games and the best possible game performance using cutting edge tools like Unreal Engine. You wanted to update our fans on both of those things. Thank you to all our fans out there who have been with us on this journey so far. During a worldwide pandemic and working from home, the team launched a first strategy title, 
Gears Tactics relaunched Gears 5 and Tactics on the Xbox Series X and S hardware with performance upgrades and features, revamped Gears 5 multiplayer with a ton of content and updates, and capped the year with the first mainline campaign expansion, Gears 5 Hivebusters. It's almost a decade. As we look to future games, we're excited to start shifting our resources to next-gen development using Unreal Engine 5. Gears of War has always been at the front of Unreal Engine development as a breakout 7P title for the Xbox 360. Wow, 7P. Um, through the last year's 120 FPS multiplayer update for the Series X and S, we were excited to continue that tradition by developing uh, Unreal Engine 5 for multiple new projects in the coming years. What does that mean for our current titles? Gears 5 has content on the way and will continue to release new operations through Operations 7 and 8. Each operation will have two drops, including new characters, new maps, and special events. Through the end of the year, we will have store updates with exciting new content as well as featured playlists. Shifting to a new engine is a big undertaking, so we want to be clear that we will not be announcing any new project or titles for some time. Last, our amazing team needs more exceptional professionals to help us continue to push the envelope. So, we're hiring. Thanks again to all our fans. We're eager to get to work and show you what we're working on when the time is right. The Coalition, end quote. Kevin, yeah, this this does it for you, yeah? Yeah, so, um, Gears of War, or Gears 5, as I should say, they dropped the war title. Um, the last two entries, but Gears 5, um, that game is kind of like a benchmark for what ray tracing is. Honestly, it is beautiful. Um, It is also just a good game. It's just a good action third person shooter game. It's it. It holds up with the other ones. I, I really enjoy these. It even gets open world about a third of the way through it. Um, Really? I recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it. Um, it's it's on uh, Game Pass. You can play it on PC on Game Pass, Ooh. and it it runs really well on PC. Just hook up a controller and play with a controller. It's super easy. It's it's like you're playing on a console essentially. I I've like played a Gears since I think three, so it's been a minute. Well, every single one is on Game Pass because it's a Microsoft first party title, and Game Pass is fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, six dollars a month. There's no better value in gaming. <laughs> I'm I'm glad this does it for you, dude. Like, uh, I, I don't know if you're like a, a big Gears fan, but I do know that you're a big Xbox fan and you are stoked to see anything come out of this. Now, the other day, real quick, because I see you're about to jump in there on Saturday, uh-huh. we were talking to Sarah a little bit about what our expectations are potentially for E3. And one of the things that you talked about was first party uh, Microsoft Studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. They have, I mean, they, with the recent purchase of ZeniMax and not only that, but like the 13 studio pushes they did before that, you know, including Obsidian and, and um, the Pillars of Eternity developer and just so many other studios, you know. Um, Hi there. Uh, this is Future Anel, and I am here to uh, apologize for what you're about to experience because unfortunately, in the middle of our conversation here, we had run into a technical difficulty where suddenly uh, our OBS system, my OBS system, um, had uh, just decided to stop streaming our show. 
uh, a, a couple different times, actually. So unfortunately, you're about to uh, see a hard cut where out of nowhere, the conversation stops and maneuvers into a completely different subject. And so I wanted to record this to let you guys, uh, you guys at home know that are watching this and listening to this, that um, we fucked up. And uh, we're sorry. <laughs> um, but the show must go on. So we hope you enjoy this little segment here that I added for a transitionary piece. Um, yeah, thanks for hanging out, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, uh, have fun. And uh, thank you again for watching. We love you. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry, guys. We apologize. That was a weird little conundrum for, for anyone that's at, at home who was going to be listening or watching this later on. I'm going to have to kind of stitch these two videos together. It's going to randomly cut out in the middle of Devin rambling about uh, Zenimax at potentially at E3. So uh, this is our official apology for, for that going on. Uh, we never said this show was good. We never said that this show was quality, you know, that's <laughs> but we also never said it was bad. So that's why you're here. <laughs> hey, 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 it's lit. Anyway, no, so um, no, we're sorry about that. We just we just had some technical difficulties. The stream crashed. We had to reset some programs. But yeah, hey, we're right. back. It's all right. We're back. We're ready. We're good to go. It's all right. It's all right. Average ladies in the chat, as always. That's, hey. our, fucking boy. that's our boy. You're the best, average Larry. We we love you so much. Anyways, so Devin, let's let's kind of start off from the top again one more time here. We were just talking about how you had finally watched Invincible. Yes. Um I binged the rest of it this weekend and it was great. It was very good. You can tell it's Robert Kirkman. Like straight up, you can tell it's Robert Kirkman and yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um it's emotional mm. gruesome action-packed and it, it kind of keeps you on the edge of the seat it, it kind of almost gives you that feeling that you get from game of thrones where like the, those characters you like are, are they gonna die you know like right. it, it makes you think about those things and it makes you think about if you care about that character or what your investment is with that character and this character and that character and how that affects it you know um it's a really good show and I'm excited that they're coming back with the season two and three. I I know, dude. And it's going to be so good. I, I know, dude. And it's going to be, be so, so, so good. I know, dude. And it's going to be so good. I know, dude. And it's going to be so good. I know, dude. So many noises happening in the background. Um, <laughs> dude, okay. So that, again, no spoilers for anybody that, that maybe has not watched it at home. What did you think of that final episode? Wow. <laughs> Hype, right? I I think it was complete injustice to the fact that IGN only gave it a six. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No way! I I I can't fucking believe it. I can't believe it. Yeah, that that show was so fucking good. The show was so damn good. the 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 season finale of the show was even better, even fucking better. Like I cannot believe that they pulled off. His, uh, giving us an ending of an animated show, an animated hero show that was that good. Oh that yeah, good. That, because this wasn't just a typical like, oh, it's a good finale. Like it was, it was fucking good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah, no, that show is fantastic. I'm excited to see some more. 
Um, real quick, playing Apex a lot. Obviously, you know, just come play with us on Thursdays. We'll be streaming it here at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Come hang out with us, watch us, join us. You know, we'll even get you in our Discord. Um, it's a really, really fun time. Um, and uh, yeah, Ernell, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil Village, which we're going to be talking about in a minute. So I'm going to save it there. Um, I have been, uh, I'm finally done with my house binge. Felt good. Feels good. There you go. I'm finally finished with it. Um, I actually went, I started up watching the Rush Hour trilogy that they put out <laughs> on HBO Max, Devin. It is so good. It's, it's on a okay, okay. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you can say that you're you're going through and rushing through cleaning your house. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rush Hour is one of my fucking favorite childhood yeah. like memory movies. Like I grew up on tons of Jackie Chan shit. Tons of mm. stuff like that because my mom fucking loved it. And Rush Hour was like one of the first movies that I had like memorized as a kid mm-hmm. because I loved it so fucking much. And so going back and watching them and finding out that they did not age well, uh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a lot of problematic shit in the Rush Hour movies, but they're a lot of fun. And uh, and I miss it. I, ca- I kind of want I kind of want them to do a, a, another Rush Hour movie, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. You know, I like the Rush Hour movies, but I think I like the Shanghai movies a little bit more. Yeah, Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights. Yeah, I I, yep. I like I liked them. I liked Shanghai Noon maybe more than most of the Rush Hour movies, but not quite Shanghai Nights. I feel like Shanghai yeah. Nights is definitely worse than the Rush Hour movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. But but Rush Hour. Yeah, those cool. movies are freaking Chris Tucker. Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, I love it. He just yells all the time. It's he great. Fucking yells. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. It's so good. Like the Rush Hour movies are a fucking classic, man. It's like, when I yeah. when I had saw some people tweeting about uh, about those movies getting put on HBO Max, I was like, fucking, mm. I got to, I got to. It's so good. So I like, I like just started Rush Hour two um, earlier on while I was eating dinner. So I'm like pretty stoked about being able to get through that and hitting Rush Hour three. It's gonna be a lot of fucking fun, dude. I'm super stoked about it. But um. Uh, with that said, though, I mean, that's kind of like the only thing really that I've like been focused on over the weekend. Uh, I had lots of band stuff on Sundays. I was kind of aimed in on that. Uh, and then yesterday. Oh, actually, another thing. Uh, me and Ashley officially started Falcon of the Winter Soldier. And we're already Ooh. almost done. Dog. Yeah, Ashley it is good. Is so sold. We have one episode left. We started it Sunday night. <laughs> so uh, each night that we've watched it for the past two nights, every because t- last night I was telling her like, hey, you need to get sleep because you have work early on Tuesday. Like, it's OK if we only watch one episode. And she's like, OK, OK, cool. We watched the first episode and she was like, OK, I can I can do two tonight. I was like, all right, cool. And then we finished episode. Four, right, uh, finished yeah. episode four. And she was like, I mean, like, I can't just end there. Like, we like we have to watch another one. So we watched three episodes last night because she was so sold. And I was like, I don't blame you. This is amazing. And and 
And it was even tougher too because she didn't she didn't want to stop there. She wanted to watch another one, but it was like already way too late. Like she needed to go to bed. But yeah. she it, it was that Isaiah scene on episode five that that got her. Man, I'm saying episode twos or threes. I yeah, two. Episode two with Isaiah got her. Episode yeah. five with Isaiah got her. It was I fucking knew it, man. I knew she was gonna love this shit. Isaiah stole the show in that series. Oh, so good. I love it. So um, good. I have a question. How emotional did WandaVision make you guys watching it together? It made me... Because uh, I, I actually watched it um, before she did, obviously. Uh, yeah. I I got real emotional, especially yeah. during that last that last episode with uh, yeah. with her and visions goodbyes and like all, all that stuff. I was a mess the entire time. She cries even easier than I do at movies. And I'm a fucking baby mm. when it comes to emotional <laughs> ass movies. And so she cries in a fucking instant. And, uh, and, and they were, they were watching it. And I remember Ashley texting me and just being like, Hey, like, I'm crying. I'm crying right now. <laughs> like, oh. like, that's okay. And even already, like, like, la- like last night, like we were watching episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Ashley was like, "Oh my god, I have cried like three times during this episode already." And I'm like, "Right? There's a lot of shit that happens in episode five, dog. Like, it's it's wild." Ashley's loving it. She's fucking loving it. I'm super stoked about it. And we're gonna fucking watch Loki once that comes out. Yeah, that's gonna be fucking dope. Oh, I can't wait till Loki. Oh my god, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> so fucking good. So fucking stoned. <laughs> my god, it's gonna be so good. You know what else is good though, Devin? Is Resident Evil Village. We are now going to move into my official Resident Evil Village review segment. And this is a game review, that Devin... review, review. <laughs> Resident Review. Resident Evil Review. review. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here, here's the deal, okay? So Devin has not played this game just yet. That is okay. So we're doing this completely spoiler-free. We are not giving spoilers. I will give tiny little, like, like informational things like things that you would be able to find out if you just wanted to like google it or something like that you know like obviously you'd be able to find anything by googling it but no things- leon s kennedy is not in the game <laughs> true um things like <laughs> mechanics things like little tiny story beats that are probably like good to know um little little tiny things like that i i will talk about but i'm not going to give any major spoilers any major story beats or anything like that so um Basically, I kind of want to start off by saying that uh, this is my game of the year so far. Damn, really? This is my game of the year so far. Um, they 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 wanted something with this, and they fucking nailed it. Yeah. They fucking nailed it. Now, granted, I do have some caveats, and we will get there, but this game is good. Mm. I mean, just from my time with the demo, I mean... I. I thought it was great so far. I mean, it totally has that Resident Evil 4 vibe, which was probably their perfect blend of horror action mm-hmm. is Resident Evil 4. I feel like that is the pinnacle for Resident Evil games, not counting the remakes because Resident Evil 2 is flawless. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but uh, it it gives that vibe, you know, and uh, also just the different creatures besides just dealing with zombies and liquors and Mr. X, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. like, you know, we got vampires, we got werewolves, we got undead skeletons and battle armor and swords and flails and maces and there's all sorts of you know. shit in this game and it even goes beyond what happens in the castle that we see in like the demo or even the village yeah. that we see in the demo there's more stuff that they sort of introduce in the game as you kind of go on the lichens and the vampires um are kind of like the main like enemy for a majority of the game they don't really stray mm-hmm. away from that but they have segments of the game that they do stray away from that that are so interesting that it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Do we do we get like that old school like all you have to say is yes and no. You don't have to give any context to this, sure, but this is sure. pretty expected from most Resident Evil games. Do they have a lab and is it very umbrella core? Kind of. Okay, that's kind all I mean. That's not a yes. That's not a no. But yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of because there, there's, uh, there's some story stuff that happens that sort of involves like the greater realm of the of the Resident Evil universe, mm. and that's kind of a big reason why I enjoy the game so much. As somebody who's kind of like been in and out of the Resident Evil franchise since I was a kid, since the Resident Evil mm. One director's cut disc that I had on my PlayStation One when I was like nine years old. Um, yeah. shouldn't have been playing that at nine years old. And I can promise you, I didn't beat it until I was like 14 years old, but, uh, it, I was, I was in it. I was in it. Um, uh, the, the, yeah. So, so lock and load in the chat. I just joined the stream, but RE eight was absolutely amazing. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I loved every bit of this game. The, even, mm-hmm. even the things that I have caveats for, like they're, they're just, they're kind of just things that I felt were like, okay sure fine you know but yeah even then they were still like it's resident evil you know like i wasn't expecting anything like different with any of those caveats what i will say is that the story is extremely well written okay they did a really good job tying this into the greater resident evil stuff and making it a direct sequel of resident evil 7 biohazard for all of you at home that have not played re8 village yet at least go and get a roundup of what Resident Evil 7 Biohazard is about because it is a direct sequel. They talk about things that happen in Resident Evil 7 in Resident Evil Village. So if you have not played or looked into it, uh, definitely do so. Otherwise, you will not understand half of the shit that's happening in this game. Um, so definitely go play it. Uh, and play this. Play Resident Evil Village, absolutely, yeah. too. Um, another thing that I will mention, too, is that the voice actors in this uh-huh. game are outstanding. They're so fucking good, Devin. They're so good. Like, down from Lady D to to the character Heisenberg. Like, there's, there's so many characters in this game that are just so well-written and so well-acted that just, like, makes you feel... Like, like you're a part of what the hell is going on and you get real skeezed out with some of these characters. The only exception to this is Ethan Winters is the God damn it, of course, is the worst fucking protagonist I have ever heard in a video game ever. And it was the exact same thing in Resident Evil Biohazard 2 where I was kind of like, oh, God, man, I really wish you'd just stop talking. 
I really he's just that he's just extremely vanilla white guy. It's it's just so like <laughs> God. It's like the the rest of the characters in this game are so good, are so extravagant that he like. <laughs> He like brings them down. Like it's it's like they have to carry him through the entire game, and he's the main character of the fucking game. It's like the entire the entire game, like something happens, is kind of like, why does this keep happening to me? Oh fuck, I'm so angry. No, don't fucking do that. Oh my arm for the eighth fucking time. I don't fucking know. I'm over it. I'm fucking over this Ethan Winters guy. Okay, I'm so fucking over. You just need Chris Redfield to sit him down and talk to him about all of the atrocities and horrors he's lived through to get to that very point in Resident Evil Village. Yeah, 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 I know. Chris is like, look, dog, you need to suck it the fuck up because I've been yeah. doing this for like 20 years. Cut off your pinky finger. <laughs> I know, right? I'll, I'll take off your hand next. Now this is annoying. <laughs> Yeah, no. Ethan needs more Chris in his fucking life, which actually yeah. he kind of does. They 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 do play around a little bit more Chris in the in this game. So that's you, good. Yeah, that's you do good. get an opportunity to to kind of to kind of get some of that too. They explain explain a lot of things that people had questions for. I think what one of the first real things that I kind of want to like like spoil, but like again, like people are going to find this out just through passing. Like Lady Dimitrisk is not the main villain of this game yeah i stumbled across that um already just like you were saying just just through comments on you know posts about it yes um that makes a lot of sense and it makes even more sense why they just marketed that section essentially because from the sound of it there's like 60 70 percent more game there than what you actually see about about 60 yeah about 60 yeah. percent more game if not maybe 70 honestly like there's there's a lot more game after castle dimitrisk like it's it's uh and i can tell you my horny levels were definitely through the floor right after i realized yeah. that wow i'm i'm only like a fifth of the way through the game and uh and all that happened all that happened all they're all fucking step on you yeah, it was like, <laughs> on your neck. Yeah, and her stiletto heels. I wanted more, more cute. How many times did you let her purposely uh, step on you and oh, and, and oh, get game over? Never, never, because she's she's fucking terrifying in that fucking castle part, man. I'm sure everyone at home has probably heard that like Lady D has parts of the game that she's chasing you around in the castle. She's fucking horrifying because not only is she chasing you around. Her daughters are also chasing you around. So you're not having to just avoid her. You're having to avoid her children at the exact same time. And God forbid you run into the main hall and Lady D and Daniela are both fucking there chasing you around the main hall while you're trying to do shit. It's awful. It is fucking awful. So yeah, no, I didn't let her because I was having a fucking heart attack the entire time. And I'm like, I'm sorry, my love. And I'm like running down the hallways. Well, I mean, that makes me excited because Ernell. I just downloaded the game finally, yes, and it is installed did. on my Series X, and I'm going to play it right back there. Yes, you fucking are. In 4K. Mm, mm. Now, what I will also say, too, okay, the game is very good split of 50-50 action, like Resident Evil 4, and mm-hmm. horror, like Resident Evil 7. 
Uh, and it does a good a good job of swinging back and forth between those beats, those kind of energies that you have. Um, I I want to bring up that I never once had a point in the game that I felt like I was like desperate for like ammo or that's or good items or anything like that. I didn't I, like I did. And I was on, I played on standard. I played on regular modes. So I didn't easy mode it this way because I knew that I wasn't in too much of a rush. Um, they, they did a really good job of figuring out the economy in this game. And having Duke, the merchant in this game, be essentially the merchant that you have in Resident Evil 4, you can kind of see Yeah, I know, right? Which I, I'm sure you saw the highlight video, but he says it. He fucking Duke says that. And he's like, hey, 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 just something my old friend used to say. Like, he's like, it's, it's, I was like, <laughs> dog, he, I'm like, bro, that, that guy's probably from Romania, I guess. Like, I, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's sick. It's super fun. They, the action, they did a really, really good job on because the action feels purposeful. It feels like it has a place in this game, uh, especially because in, in the beginning, they kind of express that, like, after what happened in Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Chris had given uh, Ethan and Mia some, like, military combat training so that they could protect uh-huh. themselves. And so that's, like, you can kind of feel that in this, where Ethan's a little bit more like, let's fucking go, like, as he's, like, yeah. ready to fuck shit up. Like, I gotta see my daughter. Um, Gets a little bit more G.I. Joe on him. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit more like, okay, I'm getting my fucking daughter. I'm saving my fucking wife. Like, he's he's, a, mm-hmm. he's with the shits. He's with the fucking shits. And so, um, and so that felt really, really cool, too, though. Uh, what I what I do kind of want to touch on really quick, though, is that the horror parts of this game are fucking terrifying. Yeah, there is one specific part in this game. And if you'd like me to tell you off camera, I will. But there is one specific part of this game that. Scared the ever living piss out of me so badly that I had to like pause and be like, oh, for a quick second, yeah. <laughs> because it, it, it comes us. Oh, it I don't want to so, spoil it for anybody, but it, it is it is a just really disturbing part and it's it's hard for me to explain anything about it without ruining anything but i will say it is not very far after castle Dimitrisk. yeah i i think i know what you're talking about because again i've just come across articles through my news search and everything yeah, yeah i'm yeah. not gonna say it, yeah. but i'm pretty sure it's the house after Lady D's castle, and I have a good idea about what you're talking there, about. There's just there's a few <laughs> things in this game that like happen that I'm like, oh, oh uh, shit! Like, and and I'm and I'm glad that they did that because it kind of like like they committed to the action and going back to mm-hmm. action packed Resident Evil, but they also committed to doing a horror thing, and it felt like it was such a good balance between the two that that they nailed it, and it felt good for me to play that coming off of having just finally beaten Resident Evil 7 to go into this and feel a little less helpless, but also still mm-hmm. feel like that the uh the horror was like meaningful because a big issue that i've had with a lot of like resident evil like games prior to this and a lot of survival horrors in general actually um is that they they have 
the horror be imbued with the combat rather than what's happening in the story. And and I think yeah. like they they try to make the combat what is the scary part rather than what is going on with the actual character. Where in this game they do both and they do both really really well. And I'm excited that they did that because it means that I think that they finally got the formula figured out with how they want these FPS uh these first person Resident Evil games to be going forward as far as being a good mm-hmm. survival horror experience that is also not too uh, like panicky and crazy, and makes you want to fucking die. Like every time I've ever played Outlast, they they're they're trying to to find that good balance, and I really do feel that they that they got it for it. Um, as far as grievances though, I uh, the 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 story ties really well into the greater universe of Resident Evil. Uh huh. But there's some things that I feel like they sort of plot armor. There, yeah. there are a couple of things that I'm kind of like, hmm, that's weird that they that they wrote that in and have it happening that way. That that kind of like leaves me with a just the tiniest little bit of like a sour taste in my mouth uh, because he had n- nailed it with every other fucking story beat that had to do with this writing that had to do with the characters and all that stuff. Like there's some characters in it that I'm, that I'm very compelled by that. I very much like empathize with and understand one of which is the main big baddie mother Miranda, which people have seen in the trailers and stuff. Um, magnificent. It's the old lady, right? Uh, mm, no, 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 no. Okay. You're, talk- you're talking about like the grandma on the demo, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, Mother Miranda is her her backstory that they give is remarkable. Um and the way that it ties into the Resident Evil universe is really really good. I'm stoked about that. But my uh my grievances are how they sort of I I feel like that they tried really hard to make this game uh something that someone who has never played a Resident Evil can come in and play and enjoy. Um, but also try to make it a game that like diehard Resident Evil fans can enjoy. And because they tried to make it both, they failed at being 100% at both. You know yeah. what I mean? It makes, I mean, that I've, I've kind of heard that caveat from a few people is how a lot of people are focusing on the horror aspect of it and how it's not as scary as RE7 no, Biohazard. Not that, dude. But that, that part that I'm talking no. about made up for all of the shit in the rest of the yeah. game that I was not like, that scared with. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, t- I'll take your word for it. Um, I don't know. You know, it's hard for me to have an opinion on that exact matter because I haven't played it yet. For sure. I, all for I've sure. played is the demo. I enjoyed the demo a lot. Um, it had just enough action, just enough of, oh shit, I need to fucking run moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I guess a better way to explain it really is that like they they could have either chosen to commit to this game being mm-hmm. a like love letter to Resident Evil fans to be a continuation, mm-hmm. tie it directly in, and everything's perfect. Everything falls into place exactly the way it's supposed to be. Okay. But because that they don't commit to that 100%, half the game feels like it doesn't didn't need to happen. 
while the other yeah. half of the game felt like it was very important to the story. And so it was like, there's some parts in the game that feel very empty and some other parts that feel very, very important to what's happening. And so it kind of makes mm-hmm. things feel like it goes up and down in a way uh, that that makes it that the biomes that you visit in this game, because you visit a few, a good handful of different biomes, um, feel like you're in them for too long. So there's, yeah. there's a couple places that you go in this game that you're rather than being in for an hour, an hour and a half, you're in there for two hours and two hours in this one place is really fucking long for these kind of places. And so there's there's a few place like biomes in the game that I feel like they definitely could have balanced out a little bit better, as well as a few boss encounters that I think they could have balanced a little bit better because there's a few I'd probably say like two or three boss encounters in the game that probably didn't need to happen like like yeah. and if they did need to happen which they probably did um they should have been better they should because there's so many boss encounters in this games in this game that are so cinematic and feel like like you're experiencing this moment you know like the reason why people like call of duty campaigns they have mm-hmm. so many moments like that in this game in resident evil village that feels like it has a place there but i uh, mm-hmm. But there's a few boss encounters that miss the mark where you kind of feel yourself just like shooting. And it's kind of like, okay, when is this going to end? When is this going to end? And then they grow a third tentacle. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I'm making progress. But you've been just because there's no health bar. You're just shooting shit. And so it just feels like you're shooting shit for fucking ever as you don't actually know that you're making progress until it goes. Ah, and then, and then you're like, "Oh, great! I'm halfway down. It's great." Um, but I mean, really, yeah. Go ahead. Do any of those bosses have to do with airplane propellers that you're talking about? <sighs> airplane, airplane propellers. Uh, the, as far as the bad ones, the ones that I didn't like, the boss encounters. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. I, okay. I think, because I, think I have I, a certain boss I'm a little excited about. I, I think I, I think I know exactly what boss you're talking about. That was one of the really yeah. good ones. It was one of the really, yeah. really good ones. If that's one that I'm thinking of. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 You'll, you'll, you'll like that one. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, I think it was, I will say this cause it's not technically a spoiler. I would say the, the third boss encounter. And the final fight uh-huh. were c- could have been better. They could have been better. Is is really yeah. all I can actually say without spoiling well, anything. Can we can we be real? Most final bosses that you fight in Resident Evil games could always be right, better because right, it's because usually it's- just some giant mass of squishy goo and flesh and yeah, yeah, yeah And there's one humanoid person that was a character in the game all along, and then he <laughs> gets fed up from it and injects himself with the virus. Okay, so the three things that I didn't like about this game was Ethan Winters dialogue was fucking terrible absolutely fucking awful i hated it i hated every single bit of it he was better in the second half but it still just was so bad in the first half that i just felt like it, it felt like outriders like we're like oh geez it felt like outriders and i was kind of like ah guys come on like your your voice acting yeah. so much better than this a majority of the time come uh. on anyways um 
And then the biomes in the game, there's uh -huh. a couple biomes in the game that felt like they dragged on a little bit long, and they just so happened to be the biomes that I liked the least. And so it was uh -huh. like, they were like the, oh, God, I don't want to be here anymore. Can we get this fucking done and over with? And, you know, after a while, you eventually do. Um, and I'd say third was, um, uh, I said, I'd say really, I can't, cause I can't even really say that this is a thing that I'm like at all mad about. It was the, uh, the lady D not really being a bigger part of the game. I can't be uh -huh. mad at it though, because that was a consumer fault. That wasn't Capcom. That wasn't resident evil that marketed it that way. It was like, like people ate up lady d and her daughters and this vampire story and stuff they never said they were the big bads they never insinuated they, they never did that that was our fault everyone saw that trailer got hornier than than a fucking unicorn and everything was downhill from there so a lot of people just kind of assumed that lady d was going to be the big antagonist in this and she's not and so i i guess I can't even really say that I'm mad at that. Um, I will say that that part that scared the shit out of me. I've, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Cause it creeped me the fuck out. It really <laughs> creeped me the fuck out, man. Like even to like, I woke up this morning. It's like, I couldn't fucking deal with it. I was, I was, I was shocked. I was fucking absolutely shocked. Um, as far as a rating, I would say, this game hits an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5? Yeah, okay. 8.5. What, what were your, your three top things that you loved about it? Uh, the horror felt meaningful. It was yeah. it, like the scary parts of the game did not just feel like they were there for the sake of being scary. They like actually had a purpose. So all the, like, times, that I, all the times that I felt horrified, it felt right. It felt like it served yeah. the game. And uh, and then same thing goes for the action parts. And this was yeah. my second one. The action parts played a purpose. They played mm -hmm. a purpose in the overall story. It wasn't just like, oh, he just so happened to stumble across a gun. And because of such, he's now going to go shoot somebody. Like, it wasn't like that. Like, <laughs> like he, everything that, that happened action-wise in the game was playing a part in the bigger story of everything that was going on. Um. And then the third was how they tie it into the rest of the Resident Evil. War. I thought okay. it was genius, genius how they do so, it. So overall, it sounds like you're saying the the horror experience, the action experience, and the way that the story ties in, it was all very genuine. Yeah, one hundred percent genuine. Hundred percent genuine. And that's and what they, I like to hear. I, I I just I feel like that they gave this game a lot of love. They took yeah. what, what people had given them about Resident Evil 7 and Biohazard and said, all right, we're going to give you more of that and give you a little extra spice on the top so that mm -hmm. you can be a little extra happy about it, you know? And it, and it felt like they cooked it just the right amount that way. It was good. Yeah. They, they, they gave us a game that was actually going to serve Resident Evil fans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to play it, man. I I had just downloaded it. I am ready to go, you know. So uh, I'm probably gonna do it right after the stream, honestly. Yeah, just, dude, you know, go play, go you know, play those, those fucking down a couple hours. You yeah, know what I'm saying, man? Get those couple of hours in, dog. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. I'm I'm stoked for you to play it. So, um, with that said, man, do you have any more questions about the game, really, before you hop into it? No, you know, without spoilers being put out there. I mean, you kind of covered a lot of the basis, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, sure. I'm, right. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm stoked for you to play it. Well, everybody, this has been the Good Kraken Podcast, a show for nerdy, marginalized people giving you the video game and pop media news, reviews, and discussions that you want to hear right here every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and 1 p.m. on twitch.tv slash Show. If you enjoyed the show, you can support us by subscribing below, going to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in the About section of our Twitch channel, and clicking that bell and big red button or by subscribing to our podcast channel by searching Good Kraken with an exclamation mark and leaving a review there. And until next time, I am so sorry for these technical difficulties. I'm going to go fucking find out what the hell what happened. You know? We're sorry, guys. We're so fucking sorry. I don't know. We, we will be better. We will Podcasting be better. is hard, okay? It's hard. All the tech stuff, it's hard. I'm sorry, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll rub your butt cheeks. We're just doing a thing, trying to make a thing happen, talking about things. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard. And I'm going to rub your butt cheeks for being here. You know what I mean? Rub the butt cheeks. Maybe maybe he's not. Don't don't listen to him. (laughs) Bye.